We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Work, family, friends, a million pressing social issues and an expectation to be on 24-7. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for an ice cold Coors Light, the beer that's made to chill. Listen, there's a lot going on in Green Bay right now, and I feel like we could all use a moment to chill with a Coors Light. See, Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Perfect for a moment to unwind. Coors Light is what I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in their all-new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the Pack a Day podcast. We are your Thursday show. Um, today, Maggie Loney, I am flying solo because my guys have abandoned me to do their regular nine to fives and uh, hang out with their wives and just all around stuff that makes them not as dedicated to the show as me. Um, but I'm here and because I didn't want to talk for 30 minutes, I didn't think anyone wanted to just hear my voice, um, even though I had teased that this was going to be an, a Zadarius Smith dedication show. Um, instead, I decided to call on some friends from literally around the globe um, to do an international pack-a-day episode. So if you're listening to this and you live in Asia, you're going to need to represent on the next show because right now we have five of the seven continents represented. So, I mean, I guess if you're listening from Antarctica, you can also call in, but I don't know how many of us um, or how many of you there are. So, and if pack-a-day is getting all the way to Antarctica, that's pretty impressive, but I have... Right now with me, six Packers fans from around the globe, um, and they're going to tell you how they became fans of the Green Bay Packers, because when we talk about Packers worldwide, we really mean worldwide. So I'm going to talk as little as possible uh, for the show, and I'm just going to let the guys introduce themselves and talk about how they became a fan. So we're going to kind of round robin this bad boy. Um, So starting with your name, your location, and your time zone, let's hear it, guys. 
Uh, hi, my name is Martin. I'm from Poland, and our time zone is Central, Central European Standard Time plus one. Okay, so I'm five o'clock Central. So what would your time zone be then? Uh, midnight. Midnight, okay. Hey, hello everyone. My name is Marcos Hovere, an Italian name actually, but I'm living down here in Brazil, South America. And now it's 7 p.m. here, where our location zone is plus three. G'day everyone. Uh, this is Chris Mida from Sydney, Australia. Uh, my time zone is, it's GMT plus 11, so it's 8 a.m. Thursday morning here. Hi there, uh, this is uh, Robin Lawrence from Kilmarnock in Scotland. It's uh, 11 p.m. here, we're six hours ahead, uh, Greenwich Mean Time. Hi, this is Eduardo from Mexico City. Uh, my time zone is uh, Central Time, same as uh, Green Bay, actually. Hi, this is Ken. I'm in Burkina Faso, and it's about 10 p.m. here. All right, so, so I'll say it again. I mean, when we say Packers fans are everywhere, they are everywhere. You are listening to five different continents right now on the Pack-A-Day podcast. So that kind of segues into then the next question. How did you become a Packers fan? Because obviously, you know, I was born and raised in Wisconsin. It was pretty easy. Um, I kind of came out and they handed me a football and said, this is Brett Favre. Um, and I've, it's just part of my history. So to be where you all are from, I'm sure that it wasn't that easy to just say, here's some green and gold. Um, so I'm really excited to hear some of these uh, stories. So um, my uh, is a kind of fun story because uh, my first uh, NFL game was 2014 Super Bowl between Patriots and Seahawks. And uh, after I watched this game, I thought, uh, thought that this is really funny, a fun sport and exciting. So I uh, decided to start to watching from the next season from week one. And I thought that it would be fun if uh, I had a team to root for. And in the same time, I was watching, I was being watching uh, that 70 show. And in that 70 show, uh, the father of uh, the main character is the diehard Packers fan. So with that in mind, I start to read about Packers. I read about the, um, the season ticket uh, waiting list, uh, about the ownership, history, and so on, so on. And then all that clicked for me, and I just started watching Packers from uh, week one. And from there, I think I missed only three or four games to this day, including preseason, because I'm that weird guy who watched the preseason games and read all the uh, all the, the tweets about practice and so on. Can I tell you that uh, when I was in college, I got to meet the actor that played Red Foreman and shake his hand. Oh. I just, I feel like you would like that. Yeah, I, I, I really <laughs> like that. Great, great. Well, here comes the story. Man, it's unbelievable. I have started watching football, I mean, the American football, as we know here, because of a very fun story, too. Uh, I live in a state called Rio Grande do Sul, that means Big River from the South. And there's a very famous people that was born and raised here that is called Giselle Bündchen, and she's married with, with Tom Brady. So when they start dating, uh, here, the media here start talking about uh, her new boyfriend, and I read something about it and I say, okay, American football, what, what is this? So the first game that I have been watching is the Packers versus the Giants 2007 NFC Championship. Brett Favre last game, that interception in the end. And, but okay, I have no feelings yet for, for any team. So I watched that Super Bowl because Tom Brady was there. The media here was talking. And the first season that I really, really enjoyed was 2009. 
and another desperate loss to Cardinals in that Carlos Dansby interception. But after that, the next year, 2010, comes the Super Bowl, that amazing season with highs and lows, and the playoffs was absolutely fantastic. And I became a Packer fan because here in Brazil, soccer is very famous, is the sports of the Brazilian. And my football team here is called the People's Club. I mean, it's it's the same. It's Esporte Clube Internacional, and we, we call the team the People's Club. And when I read about uh, NFL teams, and I read about the community in Green Bay, a team that doesn't have an owner, I mean, man, this is the international version in American football. And the colors, you know, the green and yellow is the colors of our Brazilian flags, and the rest is story. It's plus than 10 years now. So I've been a Packers fan for a long time. Um, I probably started watching games just casually, like through ESPN, they'd, they'd, they'd be playing it in the early 2000s. But even before that, I just remember um, seeing, you know, this, this team with the, the G. And for some reason, I was just drawn to that team. And so, you know, I, I learned about the history of them just a little bit at that point because I was still young. I was still only a teenager. Um, and then as I grew older, I started to watch Brett play um, and then just fell in love with how he played the game. Um, I still remember watching the, um, his game against the Raiders after his dad passed, um, watching that live and just thinking that that was, that, that was incredible. So um, just more and more, more that I learned about the team, the more I, you know, I knew th th this is my team. I've never felt, you know, this way about another, another team. So um, green and yellow is the Australian colours as well in terms of our sporting teams. And another thing that, so um, after the 2015 Cardinals game, you know, the Hail Mary 2 and the devastating loss in, in overtime there without touching the ball again, I decided, you know what, I'm going to make the pilgrimage to Lambeau. And I did that in 2016. And I've been back for the last four years. Uh, and I, I also noticed that the map of Wisconsin, the first time I saw it, actually looks like if you took Australia and turned it on its side, you get the map of Wisconsin. So I was like, how can I not be a Packers fan? This is home. I'm never going to be able to unsee that now, <laughs> ever in my life. <laughs> <laughs> and you guys are the only place, um, apart from Australia, that calls water, water coolers or water fountains bubblers. Yes. So I found that pretty cool too. It is always a bubbler. It's not a water fountain. Exactly right. <laughs> okay. Yes, it's me. Um, it's, I've kind of followed the Packers since 96. And similar to like uh, one of the previous stories, it was I come from a small town in Scotland. And because whenever they revealed, you know, on our news station, the Super Bowl winners were the Green Bay Packers, obviously over here, we had heard of New York, Dallas, Washington, everything like that. But I hadn't heard of really of Green Bay. And I thought, well, that's awesome. You know, a, a smaller market team have, have reached the top of the game and everything. And I wasn't. And it, I, I followed the Packers on and off. I went all through, you know, the drama of Brett going to the Jets and the Vikings and everything like that. And kind of piqued my interest. But it wasn't really until I worked, uh, started a new job. And there was a, a, a Packers mad guy in there. And um, he, it wasn't really until he started, you know, I had watched a few games, a few Super Bowls, but didn't really understand what was going on. I really enjoyed it, but didn't really understand it fully. So 
whenever he explained to me, you know, like what a screen pass is, a blitz, you know, and like, you know, a pick six, you know, the, the basics and then more advanced of the game. So as I could really watch it and understand it, I watched more and more games. And as I say, I was quite lucky that my first season watching it, we won the Super Bowl. And it really was that Super Bowl night whenever I went to a, a bar in Glasgow till about five in the morning or something over here, watching the Super Bowl, just watching the celebrations and everything like that. And really piqued my interest and then probably got quite lucky as well that my first full season really engrossed in it. We went 15-1 and one as well. So that was a pretty, pretty decent start. But it was really a lot of it, as I say, is to do with the fact that, you know, we are, we're not a, a, a metropolitan huge city. You know, it's like, I, I'm sure I was reading today, like whenever they're talking about Devontae saying about, you know, going to all the bars in Green Bay when they're in the nightclubs when there really aren't any. It's just nice that, you know, like it's our team, you know, it's not like swallowed up by the city, by the area. It's our team. And to be, the fact that, I mean, if it ever happens again, if there's ever another exchange, I'll definitely buy, well, try and be an owner of the team anyway, you know, just like, uh, just to really be part of, you know, part of it. And the one of the guys that I met at that first, uh, first Super Bowl that I went to to watch with the Packers, did say exact, and it was the exact same words as previously were used. As to, I need to go to the pilgrimage. If you're a Packers fan, you need to get to Lambo, and yeah, that that's definitely my dream. And sure, any any of us that haven't been, you know, that is the dream to one day, you know, walk up, walk up, was it Lombardi Avenue, go back, you know, and just bask in the glory of Lambo and enjoy a game there with you guys. Hi, so I became a Packer fan because of my dad, actually. <laughs> When he was uh, like 12 or 13, he was sent to a boarding school in Toledo. I think that's Ohio or, or Michigan, I'm not sure. They, yep, they, Ohio. Right. They took, them, they took him to a lot of uh, Green Bay games, so he became a Packer fan. And I remember in my early years, that's like um, early 1990s, I used to watch sports with my dad all the time you know, soccer and football, and he was always watching Green Bay. So I became a fan, like, real quick. I remember all the the Favre games. That, that That's how I started, with Brett Favre and uh, some other players like, well, I remember Javon Walker, but that was a little later. And th- throughout the 90s, I, I watched a lot of Green Bay, but I, I never really dove into the the history of the team that that happened later when I started growing up and I, I was very interested to, to learn everything there was to learn about this team. And well, I, I was amazed really knowing that, you know, the communities, the owner and everything that goes around a small town like Green Bay, it's just awesome. And I, I really enjoyed the, the last you know, 10 years or 15 years or so of great quarterback play in, in Aaron Rodgers. It's, it's just been awesome. <laughs> and my, my wife, she's a Packer fan as well. And my and my brother. So it's a, really like a family thing. And here in Mexico, you know, Green Bay is, is huge. There's a lot of Packer fans here. And I, I started, you know, really seeing that maybe in, like seven or eight years ago, everyone in the street has some kind of of a Packer apparel. It's it's just crazy. 
I'm, I'm a little bit different in that I grew up in the States, in Maryland, um, before moving overseas to Burkina Faso. And so in Maryland, my first love in sports was Cal Ripken. And so to have one Ironman in baseball and then start to find out about Brett Favre and his streak. Um, and that didn't totally solidify until that Oakland game that some of the other ones of you have mentioned. Um, and just realizing how much those were, the wide receivers were really doing everything they could to catch everything in that game. Um, and then the dynamics of small town and community ownership have also played a part. Um, then once I moved overseas, the first year we got to Burkina Faso was the year we won the Super Bowl. And so I was like, well, I guess if I stay over here, we'll keep winning. <laughs> so that hasn't really worked out the same, but that was a, it's, it's been a good, um, good journey as a, as a fan uh, all these years. Well, we do appreciate your dedication. If you could just stay there a little bit longer, um, this could be the year for all we know. So you're just going to have to put in a couple more seasons and hopefully we'll get another Super Bowl out of you. Um, so some of you had mentioned like, you know, with the time difference, um, what your normal day looks like. Um, it's easy for me if I'm going to a game, it takes me an hour, more like two and a half hours, but I speed. It takes me a nice little jaunt up the interstate and I'm at Green, uh, at Lambeau and cracking a beer by 10 a.m. and we're ready, ready to roll for like a noon game. So any kind of game, um, what does your typical game day look like for you, whether it's like a noon kickoff here or, you know, some of you before pre-show had mentioned like a Monday night game or a Thursday night game. Like what is the time zone due to your ability to watch the game? Uh, so uh, if the game is uh, at noon in the U.S., uh, it's it's a pretty normal day because it's 7 p.m. Uh, in Poland. So the game is in uh, prime time uh, then, and this is uh, fine Sunday afternoon watching Packers, and uh, it's it's pretty straightforward. But uh, when we play, when the, we get Monday night footballs or Thursday night footballs, then the game are uh, at 2, 2 a.m. the next day. So if you are working early, it's a little bit difficult because uh, you're all uh, you're sleeping uh, little or uh, not at all. So uh, usually I uh, I'm a night person, so for me it's not a problem. But some people replay games or uh, take a day off in work if they can to watch the uh, late games. Uh, so, uh, uh, but uh, this, the, this is the problem only in these uh, prime time games in the uh, US because uh, uh, the, if it's the standard time, uh, it's okay from, from uh, in Europe. Yeah, here in Brazil, it's, it's easy for us because it's about two or three hours difference from the United States. So, we have a full Sunday games here. We have uh, ESPN broadcast five games a week. So if you have cable TV here, you can always have a game to watch. And for me, especially my, my game day, uh, I used to make the play-by-play -play since 2011 in Twitter account uh, from Packers Brazil. So I used to, uh, about two hours before the game, to read some info about the game, watch the, the captains when they, they release this kind of information. And I watch the game very focused with the Twitter account making the play-by-play. -play. So it's, it's very easy for us. And the only problem is in the second half of the season, 
because the summertime is over in the United States and the summertime starts here in Brazil. So it's plus two hours. And then the primetime games uh, start about uh, 11.30 in the night, of course. So when you have games like uh, the Miracle in Motown, that Hail Mary versus the Lions, the game closed about two and a half in the morning. And man, you're never going to sleep the night. You're going to be every night watching that again and talking with fans, making some live podcasts because we have the podcast here. And sometimes we make live after. Um, the last season, that game versus the Bears in the opening season, uh, this game, the, the morning, it's tough. <laughs> it's tough because I work very, very uh, sun in the morning. I used to wake up about 6.30. So when I go to sleep about 3 o'clock to uh, wake up three hours later, it's a little bit uh, hard. But it's no problem. Uh, I can take it very easy, especially when we, we, when we won these this games. Yeah, it's not as fun when you lose to have to wake up like... <laughs> Definitely, there, there's some kind of loss that, man, I should go to sleep before. Yeah, so for me, noon games would be around 3 a.m. Monday morning. Uh, so that's me waking up, um, going to bed really early, making sure that I can get up. I'm still in my pajamas, put my jersey over the top, you know, try not to wake anybody else in the house. Uh, I, I've joked with my girlfriend that I'm gonna I'm gonna make her get up at uh, at 3 a.m. and and sit there and you know cheer a, a Rogers to Devante touchdown with me and she's like yeah 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 sure sure so we'll we'll make that happen um, if it's a if it's a night game so primetime games for me would be either Monday lunchtime so either 11 or 12 p.m. Or Tuesday for the Monday night games, or Friday lunchtime. So those days, I'm more focused on the Packers than I am at work. So I'd, I'd have the game on at work, but you know, for, for those three hours during the game, just, just probably uh, don't bother me. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty similar in a, a, to, to my Polish friend in terms of you know, uh, a noon game is six o'clock here or nine o'clock for the the, the later games. And what I, but I'm slightly different. Um, I'm a bit of a social media blackout because for the primetime games, whether it be uh, Sunday, Monday, or Thursday, I just like watch the game. I either tape it or watch it uh, on like catch up or something uh, the next night. So I was just like a total social media blackout, and uh, because I, I, because I usually start quite early in the morning at work, I, I'm just like I'm the worst person in the world if I've not had sleep. So I just kind of try and do the whole. I'm going to watch the game, but I'm I'm just gonna I'm gonna get a good night's sleep. Usually, whenever I sleep and I know a Packers game's on, I'm just so nervous. I'm thinking, what am I gonna wake up to? Am I get? But anyway, that that that's my kind of tradition to do that. But the the best example was the Packers uh, Lions game when with the Hail Mary throw a miracle in Motown. I watched that game actually two days later. I somehow managed to avoid everything to do with that. Did not know anything. My still watched the game all the way through. Now, my wife knew the score. She knew what had happened. And, you know, she had a wee smirk in her face. And then, of course, the clock hits all zeros. And I'm like, oh, you've been smirking. You've been wanting me to watch this. And we, we go and lose the game. And she's, she was, like, totally confused. Because even though I've learned a lot about the game, I didn't know that even if the clock hits zero, if it's a foul, you, get, you still get that other play. So I was like, oh, well, nothing's going to happen here anyway. And I was, that's why I absolutely love those games because that, that one just sticks out so much. Like one of the best Packers plays 
full stop and it came in a game where I had to wait two days to watch it. So it's, it's quite a trauma having to avoid social media in these day and ages. But I did it and it was worth it to, to watch Richard Rodgers. What did he say? Did, uh, he totally misjudged the pass, but he managed to catch it. But uh, that, that, that's kind of my, my, the, the daytime routine really just kind of coming up to a six o'clock game or a nine o'clock game for us. It's really pretty normal, just getting in some beers, getting in some, some, some sweets and crisps, uh, chips, as you guys would call it. Um, but yeah, that's kind of my tradition, really. But uh, uh, unless I'm actually in America, whenever I've been in Florida, basically it's get into a Miller's pub as soon as I can and start drinking, basically. Um, but uh, yeah, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> So, like I mentioned before, here in Mexico, we have the same time zone as Central Time U.S. So, the noon games for, uh, for us are noon games. So, <laughs> so uh, what happens is we, I mean, I wake up at like eight or nine and I'm already nervous by that time. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm going to dress up. I'm going to dress my baby and my wife and we're going to watch the game. And after that, we're gonna, we watch the, the three o'clock games, you know, relaxing, chilling, and then the night game. But uh, when Green Bay plays at three, we, what we do is that we watch all the noon games, relaxing, having fun, because I really like football. I mean, the game, I really like watching, you know, other teams play. I really enjoy it, especially the ones in our division. I always want them to lose. And... So we're relaxing then, and as soon as you know, I see the clock and the time is is, is getting near for the for the game. I, I'm already starting feeling very anxious, but I really enjoy watching Green Bay play, and because you know the season is so long, and whenever, like even the the preseason games, I enjoy them so much. And when when the Packers play at night, what what I do is I, I try to have like the normal day, go to work do my thing, like not really think about that mu about the game that much. And then I get home and uh, everything like transforms into, into Green Bay. Like now I, I try to get home like at five if, if, if the game starts at seven. And now my, my head is all Green Bay. Like, what are we going to do? How are we going to play these guys? Um, you know, tactics, everything. Trying to figure out if you're going to win or not. And yeah, that's that's me. It's hard to focus when it's like a Thursday or a Monday. I mean, I don't know how people actually effectively do their jobs. And my bosses don't listen to this, so it's fine. But I can definitely relate. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's, it's hard. <laughs> so I know that a lot of you had shared stories about, like, becoming a fan. It seemed like a lot of you uh, had similar experience where you're either growing up in the 90s or you started watching in the 90s. Um, so the the primary Packers, I guess, that kind of – introduced you to the game, Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers. Um, but then, you know, do you have a favorite Packers player? And is it somebody that you expected it to be? Like, you know, was it the person that made you fall in love with the game? Or is it somebody that maybe had your favorite play? Um, you can do offense and defense, however you want to do it. But any, like, favorite Packers and why they stand out to you? Uh, okay, so uh, my favorite Packer is uh, Devante Adams. Uh, because I started watching uh, football really late and uh, my first season watching the Packers was his second season uh, and he also, I remember he uh, did, that was the season he struggled a bit 
and uh, there was a talk uh, about maybe he will go going to be cut. And but uh, even then, I remember the glimpses of the greatness which we are seeing now. So uh, it was uh, it is really fun to to watch his development and uh, to him becoming. Uh, one of the greatest receiver in a game. Uh, and also uh, from what I am seeing on social media and uh, so on, I think that he's a great guy. So uh, this, this also helps. And recently I even bought my first uh, Packers shirt and uh, it, uh, his name on the back. So uh, Davante is my favorite uh, Packers player. That's a, a, a re really, really hard question because, you know, there's a lot of players that we just love. I mean, I love Brad Favre and everything that he did for the Packers. He makes the Packers great again <laughs> in the 90s. I love Reggie White, all man, unbelievable player. I love all the historical guys, you know, Bart Starr, Sterling Sharp, Kurt Lumbo. There's tons of players. But for me, that meeting the Packers in, in the late 10th and 2009 and watching all his career, it's impossible not to say Aaron Rodgers as my favorite player. He's a fantastic guy. I love how he plays. I love um, his kind of leadership. And a lot of people criticize him, but I think he's a very, very nice person and an absolutely amazing player. I have three jerseys with, with Aaron Rodgers. I uh, have the, the green, the white, and the navy, the, the throwback. And man, it's just, I'm so proud to have this guy playing this team for all these years. And But I hope to say in about 15 years that my favorite player ever is Jordan Love, winning of like five Super Bowls and this kind of stuff. Assuming that Ken stays in, in Africa, we might have a shot at you know those extra Super Bowls. So no pressure, Ken, but... <laughs> Jordan Love's uh, career is riding on your shoulders. I hope so. <laughs> so for me, um, Brett Favre was definitely the player that made me fall in love with the Packers. But my um, my favorite player would have to be Aaron Rodgers. So just the the things that he can do. Some of the things that it, it's it's what Brett used to do, but some of the things are just you know things that we just haven't seen before, and it's things that he takes to another level. Um, and then on defense. It would have to be Kenny Clark. And um, um, funny story, actually, I actually met him um, on my first trip to Green Bay as I was flying out. Um, he was on the same flight to Chicago. And so then I was, I was texting um, a friend of mine and I'm like, oh, do I, do I go up to him? You know, do I say hi? And he's like, mate, you've just flown, you know, 22 hours to be there. Of course, you're going to go up and, and say hi to him. So, yeah, I, I went up and I said, uh, Kenny, I'm a massive fan from Australia do you mind if we take a quick photo? And he said, yeah, no problem. And, and I've got a photo with Kenny Clark. Kenny is like, without a doubt, one of the nicest, nicest Packers that you could possibly meet. Um, he met my husband and me somewhere once and he shook my husband's hand and said that he had never met a Browns fan before and just wanted to like shake someone's hand that was a Browns fan. So just all time <laughs> dude, like he's going to get paid. And I think Packers fans are definitely lucky to have him because he's phenomenal. Yeah, he, he should be a Packer for life, I think. Definitely. Yeah, I'd go along with uh, uh, Aaron Rodgers as well. Um, just, I mean, oddly enough, the guy is like a week older than me. Uh, so it's like, uh, we're both December 83 guys. Uh, just really proud to have. But I'll, I'll pick someone else. So I would definitely say uh, the, the Aaron Rodgers to Jordy Nelson connection, just 
lit up the, the years that I've been watching. It's still, uh, I won't I won't open a can of worms, but I still think he should be on the team. Um, but uh, I definitely think that all the, whenever we were going through, I mean, it goes without saying how phenomenal he was as a wide receiver, as a deep threat, probably as a leader in the dressing room. But I think his possession catches, his, like whether it be a sideline or everything, or anything like that, covered up a lot of the the, the issues we had at tight end. Um, he his possession, like Aaron knew that he could go to him in the red zone, and the ball was going to get caught, whether it be a touchdown, whether it even just be a reception, a, a completion. He knew the trust between those two guys was phenomenal. Oddly enough, I'll use someone else to highlight it. It's like the the, the chemistry that Aaron had with Jordy is kind of reflective whenever Jordy went down and they brought back James Jones. You know, James Jones didn't do the best at the other teams. He was, you know, phenomenal guy, everything like that. But whenever he's with Aaron Rodgers, if Aaron Rodgers has that chemistry, then it takes things to another level. And I think Jordy's, you know, like, I, I just love watching Jordy's highlight reel. You know, the number of times he would take a, a catch, you know, on, on the boundary and then cut inside and two defenders would just like run right into each other and he'd run back for like an 80-yard touchdown or something like that. And he but. Through it all, he was he had such class and dignity. He wasn't like these loudmouth receivers or, or any kind of player that were just mouthing off. He was just a quiet guy, did his job, you know, just got on with it. And with the fact that Aaron and Jordy would, you know, they would spin the ball competing. They were obviously friends as well. So there was such a connection there. And I, and I don't think it's any coincidence that the two of them at their peaks were probably, to me, were the best connection in the league, quarterback to wide receiver. And as I say, I would totally agree with the guys about Aaron Rodgers, but a lot of that comes down to Jordy as well. For me, you know, uh, really Brett Favre is the one who gave me the introduction to football. Because I believe, like, if my dad would have been, like, a Bengals fan, I wouldn't be a fan of football. <laughs> so watching Brett Favre was, was awesome. But then, you know... Aaron Rodgers came along, and that's when I started really believing in magic. You know what I what I see him do week in and week out is just I, I've never seen that from another quarterback, and I, I watch all games so like all the time. So that, that that's really special. You know, Aaron, he's got to be my favorite player. But I I, I have to mention some other players like. Uh, Clay, Clay Matthews, he was he, he, he was exceptional, and Jordy Nelson as well. Also, I have to mention, James Jones, he's great. You know, I, I love watching him on the NFL Network. <laughs> and uh, I remember back then in the 90s, like and, uh, Antonio Freeman, that, that game against Minnesota, that was crazy that Monday night. So I, I have, you know, I, I think all Packer players are my favorite players. Like, even the guys that come from... Uh, <clears throat> only to the practice squad and then they leave. Like, I appreciate those guys. But on top of them, it's, it's just Aaron Rodgers, definitely. So, Eduardo, what you're saying is if your dad was a Browns fan, like my husband, you would hate football because I think sometimes my husband Well, I don't know about football. that because because <laughs> I, I really like the, the Browns uniform, you know, the, the all-white kid with the, with, the, with the orange helmet. I, I really like that kid, yeah. so maybe, I don't know. <laughs> you know, I wouldn't be a Browns fan, but... but other than that, I don't know. <laughs> You're very fortunate that your dad went to games in Green Bay. Oh, yeah. We'll definitely. put it that way. Yeah, Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we're running a little long on time, but we knew that we would do that. So, you know, whether you take uh, 
the global pandemic out of it because I think that we all know that America is handling this uh, the absolute worst. Uh, we don't have to talk about it. But um, expectations for the 2020 season, I mean, what do you think it's going to look like? How successful do you think the Packers will be? Um, I've said on the show before that I think that the Packers will likely have a worse record but be a better football team. So, I mean, we always say, like, it's Super Bowl or bust and Green Bay fans are spoiled and we have these high expectations. So hearing, you know, from fans that aren't in Wisconsin and don't kind of believe the hype that we generate every day, you know, just being in Wisconsin – what are your genuine expectations for, for the Packers in 2020? Uh, I generally expect uh, playoffs from Packers uh, like every year. And if we, if we go into playoffs, uh, I, for me it's a good season because I think that uh, uh, when playoffs are starting, uh, maybe it's not a lottery, but it's, it's, it might be a random thing because it's the, the disposition of the day. And when you get a bad day, a good team could uh, lose on the bad day. And uh, it's not uh, telling about the uh, whole season, whole season story. So for me, it's the playoffs. And after that, every win in playoffs is bonus. Uh, but I think uh, I agree with you that uh, we could have a go- uh, worse re- record, but uh, be a better team. And uh, I still think that we could win the NFC North because other teams are not... Uh, that uh, are not uh, better than there was. Uh, and I think uh, NFC North win, and after that, we'll see. First, I would like to say that Brazil is dealing in a much worse way about the COVID and the coronavirus. So this title is for us. We have the worst deal ever. I don't <laughs> want you to take the title. I don't want anybody to have the title. <laughs> Man, I, I hate to have this title, but unfortunately, I think we, 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 we have won this. It's unbelievable how we're dealing this. But about the expectations, uh, in a few years, I have a high expectation than I have in this year. I mean, I was a little bit disappointed in the draft process. I was re- really expecting, and Davante Adams just say it, everybody was expecting uh, a game player, a game changer, a wide receiver, and this amazing class of wide receivers. And when I saw Jordan Love, I was really disappointed because... I mean, we, we get so close, you know, NFC Championship again. It's just a little bit more that, that we need to improve. And I don't like A.J. Dillon. I don't like Josiah DeGuire in second round and two. I mean, I like those guys, but not the, with this kind of value. But I think A.J. Dillon is going to be a good running back. I think Josiah may be a good blocker, but I'm not very trustful that I've seen that I've been in a few years later. But I think, yes, we go into the playoffs. Uh, we're able to win NFC North again. Um, the Vikings is the only rival that we have now, and we're going to start kicking his ass in the game one. So <laughs> uh, I believe we're going to the playoffs. I hope that in December and January, January this year, um, we we'll be the hot team. And I hope not to cross with San Francisco 49ers again, because it's Every year is disappointing this decade. So we need some lucky to get on the Super Bowl. But on the playoffs, I think, yes, we're going to be there. See, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm quietly confident. I, you know, like everybody else, had a very similar reaction draft day. But then when I took a step back and I, I actually looked at the way that we want to play, and I think AJ Dillon and Josiah DeGuara will both be great players for us. And yes, we didn't get a wide receiver, 
but we're not going to need them. And so I'm, I'm quietly confident that we're actually going to be better than people are expecting. So maybe that's just me as a, you know, as an optimistic fan, but I, I reckon this is, this is the best scenario for us. Um, Packers are the best when we're, you know, the underdog. So I think, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm very confident. I, I, you know, I, I'd like to say we're going to win the Super Bowl, but I, I say that every year. But um, I, I am, uh, I'm quietly confident this year. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty much the same as, as you, Maggie. I definitely, I think 13 and three is going to be hard to replicate, but that doesn't mean we can't be a better team. Um, because you, you want to, I, I definitely think we would pretty much all say that. We were 13 and three last year, but there wasn't a great chance of us winning the Super Bowl. There was probably too many big obstacles in the way. So you'd rather be a more rounded team going into the playoffs, and I think that's what this team's going to be. And and under Lafleur's second year, there's going to be so much. Like I, th- I think there's going to be a huge leap for a lot of players. Whether it be, I mean the, the Smiths were crazy last year, but I mean teams now have to plan for them. So. Does that, is that an advantage for us? You know, Darnell Savage another year, Adrian Amos in the back end. Um, you're looking at so many players that can take a second-year leap under the Lafleur team, under the under his programme. More Is Lafleur going to work better with Mike Patton as well? Not that they, work, they definitely didn't work badly last year, but is there going to be a jump there as well? So I definitely, I, I totally agree with that we could be Super Bowl-bound, but there's... It's. I won't bring. I'll try and not bring COVID into it. But this year's just going to be so crazy that there's. If you use in a normal year, if you probably looked at it and said eight teams could win the Super Bowl this year, you could practically double that because it just takes one or two teams to have a big issue. You know, whatever it be. So, but I would definitely say that we're we're in amongst it, and I'll finish on saying watch out for Aaron Jones in the slot a lot this year. Well, he probably won't score as many touchdowns, but his receiving yards, I think, are going to go way up. He will be competing with Christian McCaffrey for the that kind of dual threat running back by receiver. But, uh, uh, yeah, that's definitely my expectations. All right, for me, so I was I was very surprised, you know, uh, come to draft day. It was weird, but after really analyzing it, I, I, think, I think we're not... I mean, I, I really think we're a better team than... We were last year, and you know, knowing that our offense is going to be good—I mean, good to great—I don't think we're going to have any problems there. I think if we are able to stop the run, we can go all the way, really, because that's that's what that's what kept us from the Super Bowl. You know, stopping the run—we we did we didn't need another receiver to win that game. So if we're able to stop the run, I think I think we can make it all the way. And I, I think we're going to be somewhere between 11 and 13 wins, hopefully, yeah. <laughs> well, guys, that was all the questions that I had for all of you. I so genuinely appreciate you taking the time to come on the Pack-A-Day podcast. This is going down in the record books uh, so far as my favorite episode, episode that we've done to date. We did lose our friend Ken midway through the show, um, but... Really appreciate him coming on and sharing some of his insights with us. He had mentioned pre-show that he might be dealing with power outage. So, Ken, hang in there, bud. Really appreciate you coming on, and we'll definitely have to do this again sometime. I will make sure that I tweet out, you know, the links to follow all of you on Twitter and interact with you more. Really appreciate the time. I hope that you all stay safe. 
Um, and if any of you happen to Lambo, Chris, I'm sure I will see you in 2021. Make sure that you DM me on Twitter because I will be buying you multiple beers for your time on the Pack a Day podcast. So as always, go Pack Go and thank you for listening. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. 
That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.